0: Welcome to Try Not To Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people, of course, at Valley Contacts who've made this podcast possible. They are makers of stellar gas permeable contact lenses and the oh so incredible custom stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, I am on the East Coast, my name is Dr. James Diem and I am joined By Doctor Roya Habibi on the West Coast. Roya, what is up?
1: What is up, friends? It is March. Is what's up? Where has the year gone?
0: Holy hootenanny!
1: (laughs) Is that what people say over there? I don't think I love saying that. that, People
0: give me a hard time about it, but I like saying "Holy hootenanny." It's fun, and it is so appropriate because you're right. It's March. How did it become March? I don't so even know. Quick, so soon, I don't even and that know. life is about to get cray because there are so many meetings, there are so many events and things going on. I'm just looking at my calendar and it's just getting filled by the moment.
1: It seems like but. your life is cray.
0: Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just skip it. all
1: the meetings and my life is still uh, nice and casual.
0: It definitely is cray. I am I'm at a meeting right now. I'm actually at uh, the Pennsylvania Optometric Association's uh board meeting. I'm a member of their board of trustees and so anyway, it's a good it's a good meeting. It's good to serve. One of your many, no many hats, deed, huh? No good deed goes unpunished as we all know, so supposedly. But but I I want to know a little bit. You know, March has a lot of sort of folklore associated with it and I I wanted to you know Look into that a little bit more. And so I found out, and I'm actually wearing a pink shirt right now with a flowery tie, because I found out today is actually, uh, well, not today, but a couple of days ago, March 1st, was the first day of what we call meteorological spring. Did you know this?
1: I think I did, actually.
0: Yeah. So spring is associated with the vernal equinox. It's called astronomical spring. It had that that happens, you know, later on in the month, March 20th. But March 1st, a meteorologist actually recognized as the first day of meteorological spring. And it's based on the fact that this is when we get a lot of big temperature fluctuations. Uh, So, you know, that you've heard the phrase March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. Well, this is this is March and it's big weather fluctuation time. And uh, it, it's the start of, you know, something beautiful. Flowers and, uh, you know, the it's lighter, longer. And uh, you start to see some green things popping up. It's exciting.
1: It is exciting. Yeah. Uh, the other day, I was, I've been on this trend where I stay at clinic a lot longer than I like to. Just catching up on charting and whatnot. And the other day, I walked out. It was like 6 p.m. And it was light out here. And it's just something about yeah. that makes it a happier, more right. positive experience being at work totally.
0: late. And I, I know I've mentioned this before. I like to get up early and run and uh, I have my whole weather gear, i bundled up and i have lights like on every body part and so it's just like it's nice that i don't have to have the you know the lights actually any you know for the whole thing and uh it's nice to just you're dropping off be out there and dropping off towns. see yeah literally yeah i have I've, I've been i've been uh been been working hard so it's it's been it's been good so i'll see how it goes good for you so March not only comes in like a lion and leaves like a lamb, it uh, is Save Your Vision Month. Now, woo, woo. So, yeah, so I mean, ba- week. C- look, every month is something, right? I, there, there, there may be something related to vision even for every month, actually. I think there is. But Save Your, vi- yeah, save your Vision Month is actually kind of a big one. Um, and, and I've seen it on a lot of publications and um, emails and some of our big associations have you know some pretty significant campaigns around it. But we wanted to take the opportunity to highlight our newest sponsor of Try Not to Blink. That is Physician Recommended Nutraceuticals. So shout out to PRN, PRN for- what. what? Loving what we do, and, uh, you know, it's a natural fit because we really only have uh, sponsors that we believe in, we work with, and uh, so on the topic of Save Your Vision Month, PRN, uh, you know, sort of sponsoring Save Your Vision Month for us, and it makes sense because... Tell us
1: what PRN is. Yes,
0: PRN is a nutraceutical company that provides, you know, really the, the, the... the heart of what they do is a very high quality, uh, triglyceride form omega-3. And so this is really at the heart of what they do. And at the heart of, you know, the, the, the discussion with, uh, Optometrists and eye care providers is their triglyceride form omega 3 in their dry eye omega product, a very high concentration, high quality omega 3. They also have something called an I omega or the I omega. I omega is a high quality, highly absorbable triglyceride omega 3 with lutein and zeaxanthin, so that's very unique. And then of course they have the AREDS2 formula in their macular vitamin. I think the newest thing that they have that I love and is the easiest thing to use in my practice and recommend is their new diabetic product. It's called New Retin. Uh, it's a very uh, specific mixture of DHA to EPA. It's a five to one ratio um, because there's and really the the. the Uh, mixture was based on two big studies one that showed uh individuals who ate a high omega-3 diet and anti-inflammatory diet a mediterranean style diet had a 50 percent risk reduction in developing diabetic retinopathy and then another that looked at um injections and the outcome of uh, reduction in macular thickness uh, with diabetic macular edema, those individuals were supplementing with a high DHA supplement. So they took those two, um, you know, really big population-based studies and looked and said, what can we do to, to help patients, number one, not develop diabetic retinopathy, number two, if they have diabetic retinopathy, um, get them to, you know, get better quicker. So they developed new retin and And uh, it's a great product. It's it's an easy conversation. Patients do not want to have diabetic retinopathy or blindness. So, you know, medically based uh, practice in our office, we have a lot of diabetes, a lot of dry, a lot of macular degeneration, probably 80% of our patients suffer from one, two or all three of those conditions. So we try our best to proactively treat the patients. But you know, really, again, in the vein of save your vision month, uh, we want to try to be prophylactic. And so one of the products by PRN almost always comes into play, and that's, you know, the Dry Omega product, great for dry eye. The I omega product, which is great for family history and macular degeneration, dry eye, early pigmentary changes, early drusen Um mm-hmm. And and of course now new Retin, uh, which is is fantastic for anybody who ha- is pre diabetes, diabetes, or has diabetic retinopathy. So something something for everyone <laughs> from PRN. So thank you PRN for sponsoring us. We appreciate it. All right, Roya, are you still there?
1: I'm still there.
0: I I thought I lost you for a second. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm here living and breathing <laughs>
0: oh my goodness fantastic she's just on that she's just, on that you know, pedestal I
1: couldn't I couldn't knock you off there you're just going it's the, it's Eyes the first closed, time just going and I just couldn't it's the it.
0: first time we've ever done a podcast during the day and uh so she's like looking outside her window just you know it's bright outside there's flowers starting to bloom so it's true in I news there's some new nose therapy
1: New nose and old nose, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, so we've talked about old nose therapy quite a few times. Right? Absolutely. We've talked about true tear. True tear
1: Allergens nasal Device. Obviously, it temporarily increases tear production through neurosensory stimulation. I love that. I love that, right? It's a great product. I don't know why everyone hasn't jumped on that, but with the stimulation or Using the device itself, the nasolacrimal arc is targeted. This is activating the trigeminal nerve fibers located in your nose, and specifically, this is the anterior ethmoid nerve. So this directly stimulates the pathway, and the device can actually serve as an on switch for our tear production. And it's pretty cool. I mean, up in Seattle, everyone loves a more natural option, and. I think True Tear is pretty great because it's a drop free, drug free, therapeutic option that really, truly can instantly provide gratification for a patient. And I like letting patients try it in office, honestly, because they know right away they like it or not, which is pretty, yeah. pretty rewarding. Also, I think. So, is there people, something new? I mean, I feel like I can't steal that thunder from you. Tell us the new nose therapy. No,
0: I mean, I, I, I just. I think you told me about this at some point in time. So so there's, there's this new company now, Oyster Point Pharma, is developing a new therapeutic currently in phase two trials that also targets this trigeminal parasympathetic pathway. So what they do, they actually use a compound, which are selective nicotinic acetylcholine receptor Oof. agonists. I know, I just... I went I went for it. I nailed it, though, I think. <laughs> Again, these receptors are activating the trigeminal nerve, which can be accessed through the nasal cavity. So stimulating these receptors in the parasympathetic pathway activates the promotion of the acromal functional unit, our friend. <laughs> the company is developing two drug candidates, both delivered by a, you guessed it, nasal, nasal spray. spray. Yeah. Huh. To, Way less weird than your, yeah.
1: your vibrating... <laughs> Nose, Nose stimulating tickler. Device. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, I do think they have something here, and you know, both of us, you know, use true tear in practice and know the apprehension that patients have with you know the whole idea. So I think the the um, spray or you know however you want to call it is definitely a little bit more mainstream. Yes. I don't what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think the nice thing about True tier or potentially this is that you do get a pretty quick reaction. And we'll see if the nasal spray has a similar effect. Yeah. But, um, but having a nasal spray will be much more approachable. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes in the coming year. I nice. want to know what they're really going to call it because Oyster Point Pharma uh-huh. in your nose –
0: yeah it kind of smells fishy i don't know about that (laughs) something fishy about that
1: another new that's super exciting a lot of us have heard about this in fact in 2018 time named it the innovation of the year or a innovation of the year but acuvue's (laughs) transition is coming to practices near you in the next month or so pretty badass this is a
0: big deal have you seen it
1: I've seen it on Instagram, like live. Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> I haven't no, been no, on no, the yeah. on
1: the circuit of of uh, conferences, so
0: Turns, yeah. So I have. So obviously, <laughs> I've had it on my eye twenty seven thousand times at this point. No, it's it's pretty impressive, I have to say. I thought it was going to not change all that much, like it was going to be a very benign change. But you could definitely, you know, see the difference and notice the difference. Actually, you know, um, Heidi. We everybody everybody knows Heidi, right? The Heidi, so I, the Heidi from California. Actually, Heidi. Shout out to Heidi, member of the Custom Stable. Heidi Miller Mallet contacts Heidi Miller.
1: Heidi Miller, what's uh, up? I a, didn't. I wasn't a member sure. Of that,
0: come on, everybody knows. Heidi. I know Heidi. I, of,
1: I know Heidi very well. I just didn't know that. she was just
0: her. named. California State Young OD of the Year. So congratulations Heidi. Heidi? You are awesome. You rock. And so what we're going to try and do is post your video because you actually did a video or pictures of the transition lens changing on your eye and I thought that was fantastic. So definitely check out Dr. Heidi Miller, a scleral lens, contact lens, aficionado slash guru slash girl boss and doing a wonderful job in uh california just got california uh young od of the year and she had a great video on these new lenses so what i have to say about them is i think they are more impressive than i thought they are on the oasis um you know lens modality which i don't love right it's back to the bi-weekly right. lens modality so it's kind of like come on guys couldn't we have done something I'm just a little gonna better Hold there? my breath
1: until it comes out in the one day moist or the oasis one day
0: I mean, you think that is the natural progression, right? I mean, they would have to do that, right? The toric, the multifocal, the various modalities. So we'll see.
1: It's pretty cool, though. The lens activates in less than a minute and fades back in 90 seconds, which is pretty cool. It's impressive. It's pretty cool. I agree, though, about the two-week thing when I talked to my J&J rep because we got offered to, I don't know if this is really exclusive, but Fit the Fitter, right. they're offering some of the local docs an right. option yeah, to, that's cool. to fit yourself and a couple staff members, which is pretty awesome. awesome. But um, reach out to your rep, see if you are a candidate for that. But one, thing, tell them you know us. One thing I'd like to say is, and this is just Oasis in general, but I would like to break... The trend of doctors just going, taking the liberty to say it's a monthly lens. It's
0: not a monthly it's lens. It's not a
1: monthly lens.
0: People, it's not. Say it with Let's me. Let's do it
1: together. One, two, three. Let's all do it three. right now. It's
0: It's not, not a monthly, a monthly lens. lens.
1: Why? Damn it. Because <laughs> the MF FDA... Said so, (laughs) not us. Why? Why do we take the liberty? F
0: D A A F. (laughs) (laughs) The F D A
1: made that decision. uh, We aren't scientists. It's not our call. Like I like to tell my patients that. Like argue. Oh, I was always told it was a monthly lens. Like I'm not a scientist. I'm a doctor. I'm telling you what's good for you. I didn't do the studies to say that it's good to wear it longer or shorter. I'm telling you what the FDA has approved. And the FDA approved two weeks. I don't know why anyone says monthly. I mean, yeah, it has a high decay, but like that's not our job to make that judgment. A total one has a really high decay, but I don't tell people to wear it for a month. Why? Can we all make it a 2019 resolution that we will... Inform our patients of what is truly advised. It
0: just it just screws everything up too, it really right? Does. I mean, like from from a practice standpoint, it just screws everything up. You're just being lazy. It's yes. not the way it's supposed to be, and it, it, you're playing with fire too. And you know, ultimately, what it does is it skews the price points. Yes. So then, patients never want to purchase what they should be purchasing oh, right. because they're never buying what they need.
1: Well, exactly. And how am I going to convince a patient you're that's being thinking- lazy? A two-week lens, wearing it monthly, to how am I going to ever convince them feasibly to get a daily lens and say it's more affordable? Unbelievable. It pisses me off. just downright pisses me off. Yeah, that is
0: not in the spirit of Save Your Vision Month. Not in the spirit. That's that's kill your vision vision. month.
1: A two-week lens is decided by the (laughs) FDA. and Don't make your own decision. Yeah. It's It's not your call.
0: So, I don't know.
1: Off- I'm stepping off the podium.
0: Yeah, let's, let's, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on from that. So real quick, personal, personal slant here. Um, So I think you just went on a little personal romantic, like, getaway. Yes? We had our one-year anniversary. Oh, that was sweet. so
1: we are starting a tradition of travel. So we got married Mm. in Mexico a year ago, and then... Now, actually, a patient of mine told me that they did this, and I I just decided I needed to do it. Every year, we are going to do a trip of some sort, and it can be sometimes a staycation. I mean, obviously, we're one year in, so it's easy to do something big, but um, she said that every year, her and her husband switch off, so this is an odd year. That's going to be me, because I feel like I'm the odder one of our couple, and then Patrick's will be the even years, and he will plan vacations on even years, and I will do odd years. So anyway, we just got back. So from did Maui. you plan it this year? Then I did, and it was a surprise. Oh, so okay. super fun. He didn't oh. know where we were going. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Until we got I didn't to the airport, super fun. Really? And I planned it all. He had out. no clue. No clue. I did all the research. Was he
0: totally shocked?
1: He was super excited. It was fun.
0: Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So year one check. I like doing that. With uh, with my wife, you yeah, know, like if we go somewhere, fun. I ch- I try to do the surprise thing. It is fun.
1: It's fun to work together cool. to plan things, but also the surprise is fun because it just makes yeah a lot of the like stress of planning. It's gone. not
0: fun to plan things yeah. together. Actually, yeah, I know Sometimes <laughs> it's a lot you easier. One person about it. Just <laughs> yeah. takes charge. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're gonna do.
1: So nice. today we're gonna talk right. a little bit about making aside from saving vision. How we're gonna make <laughs> a life easier, both on the practitioner well, and the doctor, right? This CMS yeah. is actually wanting to—they're extending an olive branch, I suppose.
0: You know, y- you may look at it that way, and and really that is how they're proposing it, and I think <laughs> that that's a reasonable way to look at it as well. But big, big changes from you know CMS, and everybody knows CMS. It's you know the 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 Medicare. Uh, federal body that makes up the rules for medicare and then you know basically everybody follows that so you know they they do the the billing coding rules so on and so forth so um big deal big deal and they don't uh change things all that often so they are listening to some of the things that people are bringing up and, us and us are proposing Try Not some rules yeah, specifically try not to blink. Yes, uh, Roya went and visited them in Washington D.C. a couple of weeks ago, and they came back with some some proposed changes. So, proposal number one, hit us with what what you what the proposal is here.
1: Okay, so simplifying history and exam documentation requirements. That's the tagline. Okay. Line, okay? But basically right, what it, they want to do is simplify the need to document history and the exam for established patients for key components, basically saying that practitioners only are required to focus on documentation on what has changed since the last visit or on pertinent items that have not changed rather than redocumenting a defined list of requirements of the systems, family history, social history, right. etc.,
0: you know, I feel like a lot of these things that we are gonna go over here in just a moment are brought about because of the electronic medical records and all of these things that you know we now have, where pretty much everything boils down to clicking a box, filling in boxes, and you know, to meet levels of payment, we have to do XYZ, right? Exactly. And it doesn't it doesn't make sense, right? So so here they're saying It doesn't make sense that you check their integumentary, you know, on their toe, because (laughs) you're checking for a red eye, you know, and and maybe that's not a good example, but you know, you you see what I'm saying, right?
1: No, totally agree. I mean, how often? I mean, raise your hands if you copy forward. Essentially, I mean, pre-filling. We, I have tech. I have a technician that I work with, Hana. What up, girl? Love you. But um, (laughs) she. Like she is in prep for every patient, pre-fills most of the chart. And then you go and can adjust. Right. And right. that's how we get through our day and seeing many patients. I mean, there's a lot of things you need to do to properly bill. And she helps me set right. that up. So otherwise, and it right. is it is feel sometimes I feel a little guilty doing it because right. especially the patients that are more complicated, maybe things are changing, but you're here for an exam that's going to take 10 seconds. And you still right. need to do all this information. You need to collect all this yeah. information.
0: So what else did they propose? You tell us. So uh, this, along the same vein, uh, for both new and established patients, practitioners would no longer be required to re-enter information in the medical record regarding the chief complaint in history that were already entered by ancillary staff. So what you were just saying whether you knew it or not currently it is the law that if your staff does a history or a workup you are supposed to then go back log back in with a unique login mm-hmm. that is separate from your technician yep and fill in your own history
1: well so i now there's, we have for hr it actually allows us to like i have to approve it basically so i'm the one who puts it through but not good enough. <laughs> not good enough? Oh, is,
0: dang.
1: TMS, te- stop good listening. Enough. Stop listening. But,
0: but. <laughs> But <laughs> but listen, everybody does that. Every single person on the face of the planet does that. So this is why this is a proposed change because that's what everybody does and it makes sense. So this is exactly what you said. So the practitioner could simply indicate in the medical record that they reviewed and verified the information that your technician, you know, got in that uh, you know, pre-examination time period. So that 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 makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, why would
1: it matter? You know, just repeating the same information is almost pointless.
0: Right. So, um, so proposal, proposal three. Okay. So let, let's let go to another proposal. And I think this is probably the biggest one. This and something that great. I think baffles a lot of our, our colleagues here. And that is the level of the visit, right? Yes. And I think, you know, when you're in school – you really have no friggin' clue. You have no clue what a 9921, what zero, 1, a 99202, two, nine, nine, a 9, not a 2 code, a, a 9 code. You know, you just Spitting have no words clue. words here. We're talking
1: evaluation. Yeah and management codes, right? Right, And these aren't your eye codes. These are your treating problem codes, right?
0: E&M codes, yes. Yeah, they're not specifically for for, uh, ophthalmology, optometry. So they are used by all practitioners across all specialties and primary care. And so they indicate the level of decision-making and complexity of the exam. And so you're supposed to, you know, Review X amount of history of pre- presenting illnesses. You're supposed to uh, look at their medicines. You're supposed to uh, check their review their systems. You're right. All dilated or and not?
1: Level of level of decision making involved in the severity of the the thing you're yeah. treating, etc. So we and, have and five we levels. Right. Have you ever right. built a level one code? No. If I have, (laughs) I don't even know. I don't think I ever have. Yeah, probably not. The only time I even use a level two code is for a (laughs) subconscious. That's the only time. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I I do some level twos on like, you know, I'll do a the nine a nine two. Zero two code like because cause you know what the nine two codes there's only a nine two zero oh one two or nine Oh, two but you're talking four. about there's only two
1: intermediate and uh, complete more or the comprehensive complex.
0: yeah yeah so the that's with the ophthalmological codes but with this one yeah no it's typically a three or four yeah right absolutely that's that's where most of our exams probably fall into the nine nine codes it's usually a three or a four and I think that's probably true for most of us but you know and and then it probably uh, boils down to mostly threes. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you do a lot of fours, you know, a lot of our billing coding uh, experts will say, oh, you're putting yourself at risk for an audit, you know, and, and in truth, you may, and I know I do, and I'm sure that you do, some exams that do meet the criteria for level five. Yep. But very few of us ever do it. Why? Again,
1: scared. You don't want to stick your neck out. Scaredy pants. But here's the cool part. Proposed new levels okay cool That's or not right. cool not sure I'm, I'm on the fence but currently we have our codes one through five and we have new and established codes obviously one through five as well each of those codes have a standard payment rate and they are now uh, proposing that they change it to two codes okay basically what would be equivalent to a nine nine two zero one or nine nine two one one now that's their one code that gets paid either 44 bucks for a new patient or 24 bucks for an existing versus you combine all level two through five together now to being one code now instead of the range of prices that you get for that it is now the average of those which is 135 for a new And ninety three for, but and that's an
0: that's an average Average. estimated amount. Yeah, we don't know for sure, Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I kind of like it. I have to say. I mean you know, you're going to lose money on a level four versus that amount, but you'll make a couple bucks on the level three. I think it's, it, the purpose of this ultimately is to simplify the, the thought process that goes into determining, is this a level three or a level four? And that should, you know, help doctors hopefully focus on, you know, Taking care of their patient, Absolutely. Right? not worrying about what level is this. And it should also help, you know, CMS not have to, you know, audit and worry and care about, you know, all, all of that and just simplify it. So I think ultimately they're going to cut down on people overusing the level four that shouldn't be. Um, and, and, uh, just kind of streamline, s- streamline and simplify things. So, you know, I think in the end it'll, so- it'll sort of even itself out as far as finances go. Cause it's, it's a little less than the level four and it's a little, um, More than the level three. Now, I did hear, even though the data that we're looking at, you and I, um, does not have, I did hear that they are going to retain the level five, that the level five is not going to go away. They're going to retain that, and uh, you'd still be able to do a level five. The only time I ever do a level five, and I've been doing them more and more, is for my new patient uh, concussion evaluations, because I have to write a letter. I spend at least an hour with them. You know, we're, we're, I'm talking to two, sometimes three, uh, other healthcare professionals, a lawyer, workman's comp. I mean, it's just a ton of work. Um, and, and I'm almost always prescribing something and then I'm going to continue their care usually with some sort of in, in office or at home therapy program. So it definitely meets the level of complexity, decision-making the, you know, it's a level five. There's no question about it. So, um, It's uh, I'm happy they're keeping that because there are some some things that do just reach above and beyond your normal routine stuff. Sure. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. How about
1: another hot topic, especially for all of the PAs and issues that we have getting medications that we're prescribing for our patients covered, lowering drug costs. Let's talk about that. So Trump is putting Americans first as he says, and America,
0: America
1: and Americans making it great again. (laughs) And he's lowering prescription drug costs, or I I guess making efforts to attempt to lower it. Yeah. And the CMS is committed to advancing these efforts. So they're proposing a change to, I guess, like have some sort of blueprint to lower drug prices and out of pocket costs. Yeah. And go ahead.
0: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of what they're trying to do is look at the way, you know, look at pre- drug A that's offered here and drug A that is also offered in Europe and, you know, start to really be a little bit more forceful with companies and say, look, you're offering this price you know here and there and it's totally different so you know we're going to mandate that there be some level of comparison or you can't do business here you know there, there's just you know so there i from what i understand there's going to be a lot more negotiation going on and and since you know president trump is the master negotiator um we should uh hopefully get something out of this you know I I hope that there is some level of transparency that occurs. You know, I I I understand drug companies put a lot of money into R&D, they put a lot of money into marketing and education and you know doctor resources and those are all good things. Um but, you know, as far as transparency goes, I think that that would help drive costs down. And that is what I understand that, you know, they're really aiming for in the beginning here is trying to bring costs down. Um, one one uh, aspect of that that I heard that was being sort of batted around is an idea. And a lot of these are just proposals and ideas Um Is that if you were to market your drug direct to consumer, you would have to list the list price on that marketing proposal. So, for instance, if a new drug came out and it was $1,200, they would have to say at the end when they listed the adverse reactions, also the list price. That's great. It's, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad idea. And it's, you know, I think it's, it's, again, it's just going back to transparency. It's not, you can't do business. It's not, you can't invest. It's not, you can't make new medicines, but there's no transparency. You don't know what medicine's going to be here or there or with what insurance, you know, and would this fix the problem? No, but you know, it's certainly going to shine a light on, on what's going on. Absolutely. I think. So. So I think that's a good thing. Uh so so what uh what what's coming up? What do we what do we have coming up? So I think a uh, Vision Expo East is coming up soon. That's in a couple of weeks. Um, And actually, I have a very good friend by the name of Dr. Steve Ice, who uh, is a past Pennsylvania Optometric Association. Yeah, Ice, Ice, baby. Um, He's a past Pennsylvania Optometric Association president. He serves on the third-party committee for the American Optometric Association. In fact, he's the chair of that committee. So he's really in on billing and coding and insurance stuff, and he is doing a lecture on billing and coding at Vision Expo East. So if you are interested in learning more about any of the changes that we just discussed, Check him out; he's awesome, and uh, it's a, its not a very high-level talk, you know. It's—it's it's not, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's—it's it's one that you can, it's one that you would understand, digestible, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's one you could use. Check it's, it out; it's news you could use, like everything we talk about on. Try not to blink.
1: <laughs> March twenty-first through twenty-fourth, Vision Expo East. That's in New York City, folks.
0: One uh, last little thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, I had a and I just put this on odies on Facebook. I got a ton of really great responses, and I just wanted to kind of bring it up here too and put it to you and see if you what you would do. Hashtag Tell me. what would Roya do? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> WWRD. So I had a patient come in uh, two days ago who was uh, who happens to be a surgeon, and he does a lot of robotic surgery. He uh actually is a consultant for the robotics company, which you may have heard of called DaVinci, the Da Vinci Robotics yep. System. So it's a pretty well known one. He travels all around the country, teaches surgeons how to use this device. And I did not know that they actually use VR or virtual reality to do this. Yep. So, you know, it's that's part like you plug in and that's that's how they do it. They have a virtual reality headset on. So anyway, he came in for an eye exam and so I'm thinking to myself, Well, gee, I wonder, you know if I need to address that, you know, how he sees through his VR headset. Um, he's a low astigmat. He's like minus 75 OU against the rule. Okay. Um, he just got his progressive lenses four years ago. He'd been wearing them since then. And uh, he's like a plus 175 ad. He's in his 50s. He's having a little trouble reading. So we bumped up his ad. His distance didn't really change, but then I'm thinking, you know, what do you do in that headset? You know, he's like, Oh, I just, I, I leave my glasses on and and I could see, you know, fine. So I'm thinking, do we need to talk about blue blocker, blue, blue light? Do we need to talk about like a near ad, like an intermediate prescription? So, I, I think I found the answer, but what would you do? I mean, do you have any knowledge on this? Is this something that you've been faced with? Have you ever used a VR unit?
1: Yes. Um, okay. From my understanding, virtual reality units are meant to be seen for distance. Like, it is right. meant to mimic a distance vision or an infinity vision yeah. whatever. So I would prescribe... It's It's not a... Though it is a near... Vision, it is mimicking distance. So I don't know. I keep I'm saying the same thing. But I would have him still use his distance prescription. That's why he can yeah. see clearly.
0: Right. So I did a little bit of research on it. And I'm looking around. And, and so I guess there are plus lenses built into it. Yes. And Fresnel prism bu- yes. built into it for, you know, convergence issues and, and, and divergence issues and just binocular vision near. So, but... I almost wonder, though, so, so and if you do research this, you'll come up with various, you know, blogs and uh, message boards where people are posing this question and, and people are basically saying exactly what you just said. That they're sort of made for optical infinity, even though the focal length of the lens or the um, screen is quite close, It's it's this it's virtual optical infinity, essentially. So um, you don't need uh, an ad. But I wonder if there's some level of uh, the awareness of near, you know, like, like uh, auto refractor, right, your auto refractor is meant to be at optical infinity, but you know that it doesn't always give you an accurate number because you have the awareness of near, right? So you, 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 Right?
1: Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I see like, what you're saying. I, I there just, are certain people that wonder... probably do poorly with a VR headset. Just like some people do poorly with other headsets. It, it just... It can mess with people that maybe have a weaker binocular system. Binocular and he, system.
0: he's in it for you know, sometimes two, three hours, you know, doing a, doing a case. So, you know, I, I just, I wonder to myself, well, gee, I wonder if like a plus 50 over his distance with blue block and, and would blue block do anything? Would that help at all? Does that relax his eyes? I just wonder, I mean, and it's interesting because he wears his progressive lenses in them. So anyway, I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to recommend anything other than actually what he's doing because It's working, and he's happy, and we have an explanation for why. But I'd almost like to test it out with him just for fun. Um, I did actually a little bit more research. You, You do need your distance prescription in there. So there is actually a company that makes inserts for VR headsets with your habitual distance prescription. Interesting. And they do have ones with blue block anti-glare and with anti-glare coating and there there's there's one for like the vibe and the some other headset, you know, that's that's quite common. So anyway, If anybody has any interesting, you know, uh, VR headset stories, I'd like to hear them. Uh, Check out our Facebooks, uh, our website, uh, post some of that good stuff on there.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think that might about do it at the beginning of March. Uh, Before we go, of course, we like to say thanks to our chief sponsors Valley Contacts for the support they give us not only making great lenses but also the people they are how great they are to work with be sure to tune in and listen to our next episode but until then try not to blame